the film series that won't die to nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. The Amityville Horror Podcast. Welcome back to the Amityville Horror Podcast. I am Tom. I am Pat. This week we're watching Amityville, and the wheel is landing on Cult. Cult! Amityville Cult this week, Mm -hmm. which is a movie on Tubi that has no information whatsoever other than just the bare-bones synopsis on the IMDb. But cults? You don't see a lot of cult... Like, we love cult movies, but you don't see movies with cults. Um, You see a lot of movies where, like, the bad guy has goons... Right, but that's different from a cult. And there's stuff that, like, like a lot of the folk horror stuff, mm. you could say Wicker Man arguably that, is a cult. Oh, yeah, that's a cult. I agree um, that. But, like, I wouldn't call Midsummer a Midsummer. cult. No? Me, I don't know. Me, yeah, well, yeah, I like, guess. Like, what is I the hair you would split between Midsummer? Uh, the, those are the Harger and Summer Isle. Um... I think my biggest thing would be the implication of how much older the religion is in Midsommar. Although Wicker Man, yeah, does so, tend I'm to saying, go back. Yeah, yeah. shit. All right. Um, so those are both cults. Um, There's been a couple of movies about the man, like Charlie Manson. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a whole bunch of, I mean, when you get into like TV movies and shit, I remember there was like a, a, a Waco, David Koresh movie. Oh, uh, with, uh, with Tim, Tim Daly. Daly yep. As David Koresh, which that was, that was a, Bit of a, that was kind of jarring. It's just like one week I'm watching Wings, and then it's like, is the Wings guy David Koresh well, there? You gotta like He's that's kind of good. That's one guy has played David Koresh, Superman, yeah. and Richard Kimball. Yes, and also Doctor Jekyll. Oh shit, that's right, and Mrs. Hyde. With, yeah. uh, well, well, he didn't play Ms. Hyde. No, but I'm saying <laughs> in the film, yeah, uh, yeah. Sean Young. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Not a good movie. <laughs> Great idea. Um, not even a cult classic. Right. No, no. Uh, are other cults like Red uh, State. I haven't seen Red State. Red State. Um, no. I. It made me want to see Kevin Smith veer away from comedy for a little while, right. and it's not just because he was starting to lean too hard on dick and fart jokes. Oh yeah. But because he like. He was coming at horror from somebody who didn't grow up on it the same way that a lot of us did. Mm. Like, it felt like a new genre to him and watching new ideas come out of somebody who wasn't beholden to all the tropes that we love. And that is, that's always interesting. That would be interesting, seeing just, like, a completely different take on something beloved. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, Like, you watch... Uh, like a, like a counterpoint to that, you watch Rob Zombie's Halloween, and it's like, is it the same movie as John Carpenter's Halloween? No, no, but it is. This is what Rob Zombie, who has grown up and adores horror movies, this is him doing a horror movie, and nothing right. about it really shocks you, right? In, in terms of like, oh, this is new and radically different. Yeah, um, yeah, this is what we would expect, and this is leaning on a lot of the house that Halloween built. Yeah. I like it. I like and it. actually, <laughs> Halloween, you have Halloween 3, definitely a cult. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it's a Stonehenge-based oh, oh. Uh, Celtic. No, yeah. no, no. I completely agree on that. My, the, the hesitation was more, how many actual people are there? Because we know it's a Dan, lot of robots. We know Dan O'Hurley, he's a living being. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's so many people, so many of the cult members turn out to be robots. True. That's the only thing. But, you know, yeah. and that kind of falls more into, like, your army. Because, like, I like in um, uh, From Dust Till Dawn 3, The Hangman's Daughter. Mm-hmm. When do you get the more... The good sequel. The good sequel. Uh, in, what was, what was it, Tim Siegel did the second one? Uh, Scott Spiegel. Scott, Scott Spiegel, that's it. Uh, in his defense, I don't think anybody was trying to make an actual movie. They were just, you know doing things for shits and giggles. Well, originally, and originally, the plan was that Tarantino was going to write and direct the sequel, uh-huh. and Rodriguez was going to write and direct the prequel. Okay. And then Tarantino just farmed it out to Spiegel, mm-hmm. and I don't know how fast he wanted to turn around on it or whatever, but it definitely, yeah, it was rushed. It was yeah. clumsy. A little bit. And when that, came, when that got finished and pretty much dumped straight to video... 
Rodriguez had to rethink because he's like, yeah. I thought we were making theatrical movies. Now yours is straight to video. So the mariachi from the first El Mariachi wound up directing. Carlos Gallardo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, or Hallardo. Yeah, but I would have loved to have seen a world where Tarantino took his mm-hmm. assignment seriously and they did make a proper theatrical trilogy out of it. Agreed. Yeah, no, that definitely could have. But especially because I love in the, like, the third one, when you get more of the backstory of the uh, the the building that eventually became the Titty Twister, mm-hmm. uh, you have all of these vampires, and you, you sort of got a taste of the uh, like the organization of vampires in the first one, but you see a lot more of it in the third one, and that one it feels less like a cult and more like uh, like uh, somebody with an army of goons, but which mm-hmm. is the vibe I get from Halloween three, yeah, even. Yeah, if there, if we, if we could guarantee, if we could see how many were actual people, or yeah. Wiccan, or whatever the hell Dan O'Hurley he was supposed to be at the end of that movie, a leprechaun maybe, maybe. I mean, tall for a leprechaun, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Maybe he's a spriggan. Yeah. Um, and actually, Halloween Six, the Cult of the Thorn. Okay. Again, we don't know how many people are involved, but there is definitely some sort of a secret society that's sure. tied back even to the early Halloween novelizations. Mm. I've never seen that one. Six? No. It's... I really never... I only recently got into Halloween. Gotcha. Like, yeah. I, um, I never liked... I still don't like the sequels. Like, I've watched, like... I've watched four and five, and I think they're just... I, I don't think they're particularly interesting at all. They're, like, at that yeah. point, they're, like, so desperately trying to cash in on the Friday the 13th money mm-hmm. that they're the weak sauce to Friday the 13th. Don't get me wrong, I love, like, the first one's great, second one is pretty damn good, third one, it's just too weird to not love. Oh, I, I, lo- I love yeah, three. Third, third one's all... great, but everyone yeah. after that has been kind of terrible. Until uh, recently. Yeah, until recently. Like, I mean, the... yeah, the Rob green. Zombies are a thing unto yeah. itself, which I do enjoy very much, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, the David... The David Gordon Green, yeah, yeah and Danny McBride, yeah, yeah. those, those two really I absolutely love hands they down the the best sequels in the Halloween series, yeah. But I love Halloween three, always have, and I I, I have a warm nostalgia for the other sequels, except for eight is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Resurrection, the, the um, Rhymes, what? it's the Busta Rhymes one. Yeah. Which, that should have been awesome. Buster Rhymes fighting Michael Myers, this should have been the unintentional greatest movie ever made. In the script, <laughs> and it's barely better than this in the movie, in the script, Michael Myers is killed because he's in the server room, because they're doing a live stream, yeah. and he's slashing at one of the victims, and he cuts a whole bunch of networking cable. Mm-hmm. And a cup of coffee winds up getting knocked over, and the... Evil Cat. goes online? No. Um, the the high-powered electricity through Cat5 cable hits the coffee, which sends the electricity through Michael's work boots yeah. and electrocutes him to the point where he bursts into flames, awesome. catches the house on fire. The house burns down, but they don't find a body. A, he's the thing that lit the whole house on fire, stumbling around, so he was on fire. B, everything else I said. Yeah. That movie is garbage, garbage, garbage. I agree. Yeah, anyway. So other cults in movies would include, uh, oh, Dragnet. Not a horror movie. Dragnet, oh yeah, Pagan. People Against Goodness and Normalcy. Pagan. (laughs) Thanks. Good, Good work there, Joe. Uh, actually, uh, Hellraiser, uh, six, six, Deader as yes. a cult built around uh the the lament configuration, which it's kind of funny because like Hellraiser, the 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 Cenobites, Cenobite mean it means like person of a religious order. They're actually all the demons are part of a religious order, but they're not really a cult. No, cult. because. I mean, it does fall into semi-Judeo-Christianic beliefs and... Clyde Barker's English. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Um, Does Rawhead Rex have a cult? No, that's that's more of an urban legend-y kind of... No, it has a... It it has, like, a history. 
It's okay, it, does, yeah, it, it, yeah. Has, it has a lore. Uh, the new Candyman might have the beginnings of a cult. Oh, yes, yes. With, with the the approach that they're taking with that, and that was mm-hmm. very interesting, which we're not going to talk about in too mm-hmm. much detail, because you should go out and watch the new Candyman movie. It's, it's awesome. so good. Rewatch the original yeah. first as a refresher, because it, it is a sequel. It's it not is. a remake. It's not required. But it helps. It, it, it's the good kind of sequel that happens 30 years after the fact, where it's just like, you don't have to have watched it, but if you watch it, Man, it becomes even better. Mm-hmm. There's it's a lot right of love own. and nods, but they make it new user-friendly. Oh, very, very much so. Um, cults. There was... Oh, crap. There was another one along the lines. Uh, oh, Children of the Corn. Yeah, that's a cult. Yeah. <laughs> also not a great movie. Man, also... Man. God, and the second one... There's like seven of those things. There's like, like six or seven of those? Oh, there's... I. Th- Think enough to to be a contender for oh, this. I'm not saying we have to go with it, but I think there's 15 or 16 of them now. I don't now. think I've ever made it through the first one. It just like like the the, the parts that everybody remembers are mm-hmm. great, but like as an entire movie, I've seen the first one probably. I've seen it a couple times over the years, and I've never enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, the second one is ridiculous. I saw that in the theater, and then I think they were all straight to video after that. I've seen occasional ones here and there, mm. but I feel like Stephen King has another cult-related thing that we're we're not thinking of. Oh, uh, probably like Tommyknockers um, is almost that. Well, but that's like alien influence. That's yeah. Mind that's why I say oh that, yeah that, yeah. It's not Tommyknockers. Um, but it's all but like yeah. There's that. I mean, everybody in the Dark Tower worships the the Crimson King. Yeah, like, um, not the movie. The movie is uh, yeah. The movie is a very conflicting problem because the approach they're taking to the story is absolutely terrible. But Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba are not only perfectly cast; they're actually doing the characters one hundred percent correctly. And there are next level gun gags, and so I get very frustrated with the whole thing. Yeah, because there, the it, sh- I hate that movie so fucking much. You, if you were, if you really wanted to do the Dark Tower, you should have done the Marvel thing. Yeah, individual King movies, build up to it, create the shared universe uh, on its individual. No, 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 no. Get a good Salem slot because you need the priest. Well, we have a good Salem slot, but I'm saying one where you can use that same actor now. Well, I mean. Mm-hmm. James Cromwell's still around. Oh, okay, right. The miniseries, duh. Yeah, yeah. That's the good one. Yeah, it's a, they, I did. Uh, there are a lot of defenders of the Toby Hooper one. I was never it, nuts about it. It's uh, the problem is David Soul ironically doesn't have one or any. <laughs> uh, he's a very unengaging protagonist. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to Rob Lowe, who, as a Stephen King surrogate, is delightful. Yeah. Because no Stephen King, no. There are good Stephen Kings, there are great Stephen Kings, and there are bad Stephen Kings, but like the great Stephen Kings always have the author stand-in character. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I love it. The, the, the author that has at least one substance abuse problem, possibly multiple. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. he's had great without those elements, but traditionally I'm he saying. tends to hit, yeah. he hit his stride as, you know, much easier on those. He does. But um, um, no other cults. Yeah, I mean, I like, like I'm like now I'm drifting outside of horror. Yeah, because like no, I beneath the planet the... of the apes, mm. cult of the missile. Mm. I've only seen the first one. Uh, they're good. I okay. did a marathon recently, and I liked most of even the later sequels a lot more than I remembered thinking I would. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, they're just it's like they're need, fun. They're entertaining. You need some sort of like costuming. For, like, a good movie cult. Like, yeah. something. Like, in uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the the, the, the Martin Freeman movie, uh, there's, the like, the religious order with Hamakavula, mm-hmm. and they all have, like, the green and blue robes with, like, the tissues on the backs of their, uh, backs of their heads, which is fun. Dude, um, where's my car? Cult of Zoltan. Are they all worshiping the aliens or something? Uh, I've seen yeah, half wor- of it once. Yeah, they're worshiping uh, Zoltan, who is predicting, I believe, the alien invasion. Mm-hmm. 
and they're obsessed with bubble wrap as a holy like shroud sure. material. Uh, it's a weird, weird movie. I think it it's really, really funny. The parts that I saw, I, really, I, I was surprised to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Parson Wreck, the Zorpies. Oh, the, right. The, yep. the, the, the followers of Zorp, the lizard that is going to eat the universe <laughs> any day now. If not this week, definitely next week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you didn't see it. I mind looking at my watch, which I'm not wearing a watch either. Yeah. I don't even know if you, if you realize that you're not really listening to a podcast at this point. <laughs> Whoa. Exactly. Last one I can think of, though, Battlefield Earth. Is it a cult? I mean, uh, we probably are going to get a lawsuit and a takedown. Well, Scientology. Oh, yeah, but they're not actually Scientologists in it. I guess the same would go for (laughs) Bowfinger, then, which is mocking Scientology. Fair, fair. But Battlefield... Let's not talk about Battlefield Earth. Right. Let's, you know what? Let's watch something better than Battlefield Earth. That, I don't know that you can make that statement. I can at least say that there's a distinct possibility. It is, it is a distinct possibility. But man, Battlefield Earth is wa- is watchably bad or badly watchable. Or however you want to put it. That In it, parts. Yeah. Bunch of these Amityvilles don't even have parts. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm trying to be optimistic and think this is going to be a better afternoon than watching Battlefield Earth. <sighs> That's true. That's true. And if it's not, I can go home and watch Waterworld later. Oh, good. I got that Arrow special edition. Do they count as a cult? They were, like, they do pray. No, they just pray to Joe Hazelwood. They pray to Joe Hazelwood, but it is, it's kind of cultish. He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's a cult. That's a cult. They, they, they worship fossil fuel. Yeah. As opposed to us, the the people, the the, the humans living in today, like mm-hmm. we definitely, it's just it's just the thing we use and rely on for every single aspect of our lives and worship and obsess over. Yeah. At least we never go to war over. Oh fuck beans. Yeah. I, I, yeah. We, we're judging the cult people. We're like uh, Begbie and Tommy at the beginning of a. Uh, Train spotting. spotting where they're judging uh, all the, the, the guys doing heroin. It was like, put all those chemicals into my body, drags out a cigarette. Uh-huh. No fucking way. <laughs> and it's like, I don't understand how you can do that. Takes a big swig out of his pint glass. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ugh, disgusting drug addicts. But anyway, we'll see what happens with Amityville Cult. We're watching it on Tubi. We're back on Tubi. God Yay. damn it. I don't understand. I, did never, I never thought I would be so excited to be able to watch something on Tubi instead of that stupid goddamn voodoo app. But anyway. All right. We'll see you in a minute. I don't know what we just watched. Um, did anything... What the hell was that? Um, it was a three-minute plot. For 85 minutes! Yeah, well, they, they, they made sure to repeat the whole thing for it, us. It was like watching Rocky Four, where it's just like, Rocky Four has at least, has like a whole, like the first of three montages. The first montage before he goes to Russia is a uh, recap of the entire Rocky franchise up to... The prior twenty minutes mm-hmm. of Rocky Four, yeah, and that was and yeah, and the, like the quote unquote third act, uh, you get a whole montage of the entire movie, which was not a lot of movie. No, um, do you think that's this is worse or Silent Night Deadly Night Two, where you just get the first movie cut down to about half length? No. Because here, here's the th- here's what Silent Night, Deadly Night has going for it. Number one, uh, all the stuff that they cut down to recap was primarily just murders and boobs. Yeah. And all of those scenes were intercut with Garbage Day Guy, who that man was a, is a gift to the world. Fair enough. And so everything... No, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is awesome. And... I do kind of agree with Joe Bob's argument that it's the between Silent Night One and Silent Night Two. You it's get probably a, the better version because you get a be, yeah, you get you a get best of. Thing. You trim the fat and then you get a couple extra bits. Yeah, garbage day. Garbage day. That said, Silent Night, Deadly Night, the first is great, like as is. Okay, great might be 
It's yeah. It, I wouldn't it, use that no, word. It's but. good. It's fine. Yeah. No, it's good. I'll, I'm gonna go with the first one is good. The second one is a better version of it. Do you want to just talk about those two movies? Well, if we're of? talking about Christmas horror, Deadly Prey. The nah. ho- not Deadly Prey, Deadly yeah. Games. Deadly Games. Yeah, Home Alone with Dwarf. Ow. I love the vibe of that movie, but I don't like the movie. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I love the feel of it. I like having it on in the background. But actually paying attention to the thing, I find very tedious. Yeah. See, I, I liked it. I thought it was legitimately unnerving. Yeah. I mean, the, the Père Noël guy was yeah. real. He was... That was a very good uh, presentation of just crazy. Like, that guy yeah. is crazy. Yeah, but also, like, all of the Home Alone traps, but with an actual sense of stakes. I couldn't understand just the setup of this house. They live in this mansion that the kid has wired, like, top to bottom. Yeah. How are they... Where did this house come from? How are they affording this house? Well, they ran the department store. That giant... The mother was, I think, either the owner or, like, the manager. Dude. Yeah. It's like this ginormous French mansion. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, I'm sure sure the... uh, the the fr- French equivalent of Watermakers does well, but my God, it. But then again, there's the same question for Home Alone of like, I mean, I mean, rich family. It, it's a it's a rich Chicago suburb. I mean, it's John, like John Hughes. It's like yeah. that's this is a thing we've come to accept that there are only rich people in the suburbs of Chicago. Fair, yeah. Um, but not oh, in right, Amityville, right, 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 right. Texas. Amityville, Texas. This was filmed in Texas. They do, uh, you know, in its defense against other quote-unquote Amityville films we've watched, they do call the place Amityville several times mm-hmm. and may make a point of it. You get to see all that cacti that uh, upstate New York Amityville is known for. Yep. And while we do see signs and, you know, things in windows that say very clearly Texas. Texas. <laughs> um, and the landscape is completely Texas. Yeah. It may or may not actually be set in Texas. It's, oh, well, they say... Yeah, um, no, they say it's that, that Amityville. They say it's that Amityville, but they also say it's that Amityville as settled by Western, like, Western settlers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it is Amityville, Texas. Yeah. But... Not in the movie's defense. They also have flashbacks to 1965 where you see modern cars in the background. Alright, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, Bloody Kid is stumbling through the desert at night. Yeah. And then he gets stabbed. And this was... It was odd. Like, I, I got really excited with this because it was well shot. Like, it had a weird kind of moody look to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of blue night filter, but filmed at night, at least. So right. That. But it was just kind of like, ooh, what is this? And mm-hmm. who is this weird cloaked figure that has a pretty snazzy, uh, I bought this knife at a gift shop knife? Yeah. Because it's clearly under four inches, which is that whole legal thing. Yeah, and, but Possibly it has brass like knuckles a flea attached. market. I, yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah, the yeah. Black brass knuckles. I was thinking, you know, it was this knife or like three ninja stars. Yeah, I, I mean, it was like like this one time I went to the Loray Caverns and loved the Loray Caverns, and then you go to the gift shop and it's like, oh, and here's an arrangement of knives mm-hmm. to buy. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah, sure, let's get a knife. Yeah, and uh, one of those little things you flip over and it moves like a cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. Which, oddly enough, was like the one sound effect not used in this movie. Yeah. We're going to... Let's just jump into the Foley now. Oh, um, we'll, we'll hit a lot of the technical stuff, because plot-wise, we're going to cover fairly quick. Yep. The Foley work in this movie... Um, Extreme and extensive. Mm-hmm. They committed to making sure that sound effects were, you know, presented... Uh, anytime somebody's walking, you hear the rustling of cringe, leaves cringe, under their feet, cringe, no matter whether cringe, there are cringe. leaves in the scene or not. There are never leaves in, yeah. in any part of this movie because it was shot in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, they don't always link uh, sync up. Not because, entirely. Uh, they they do better than most. Like it's just. At first, I thought it was oh they they don't really have a lot of on set sound. Uh, recording, but then right. you hear him talking. 
the the guy Stan talking mm-hmm. all the time, and so like you'll hear they'll have the ticking of a clock louder than anything else in the movie mm-hmm. for an entire scene that's set in the room with the clock. Yeah, distractingly, and, and none of the sound effects have any sort of effect put on them, like an echo or reverb or anything that would basically sound justified in a room. Yeah, or like tried to make it lower so it sounds like yeah. it's not louder than anything mm-hmm. else in the room happening in the yeah. room. And it it doesn't change whether you move around the room or not. No, nope. um, nope. if you go to another room, it's still the same volume consistently. Yes. Um, this was the tip of the annoying iceberg. Yeah, I just wanted to hit that roll. Which sounded a lot like you know ice cubes clinking glass. Yeah, <laughs> um, and. As much as the opening made it seem like it was going to be at least visually inspired, nope. that that went away quick, very quickly. So then we cut to Stan DeFeo reading in very with rapt attention, reading an email. Why while his uh, uh, bath towel clothed uh, girlfriend is trying to ask if he wants some coffee. Don't worry, we're not seeing any boobs in this movie. Yeah, because God forbid. Yeah, she's he's not paying any attention to her. Um, we spend two three minutes of her trying to get his attention it while he's staring at the. Uh, um, but he finds out that his grandmother died six Long months ago. Her heretofore unknown grandmother. Yeah, he had never had any connection with his family. Uh, it was just him and his mother. His father had died when he was very young, mm-hmm. and so it was just the two of them against the world. But apparently he has this grandmother, and the way he's describing it, it's like he's surprised that he had a grandmother at all. Like he, like he thought the living force had put him in his mother's womb. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we never meet his mother Shmi. Yeah, we never but, meet Shmi. Yeah. If you're wondering what that little wrestling sound is, it's Patrick is playing with his uh, notepad to keep from literally chewing his sweater he is so bored with this movie <laughs> it was something <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah so that but yeah definitely fidgety and it's so boring I don't this I, is gonna be bad this is gonna be yeah, bad I'm also fidgety because of how much coffee I had A because we're <laughs> recording early and I you know yeah. like a little wake me up juice mm-hmm. but also because needed to stay awake indeed this was uh, we have never yawned this much during one of these movies. Yeah, and we watched a movie that we're going to name check, but never not actually discuss. Mm-hmm. Amityville Mount Misery Road. Yeah, we had the windows open, so it wasn't like a lack of oxygen. We weren't like nope. suffocating. It was nope. it was movie yawn. Oh my god, I got to check my carbon monoxide detectors. Maybe that's the problem. No, no, it's the movie. movie. It's yeah, because so then we get our opening credits over. You guessed it. Driving. Lots of driving. Drone shots of driving. Drone shots of driving. So, you know, it's fancy. investments were made. No yeah. expense spared. Yeah, it's kind of... I, I do appreciate that low-budget uh, movies can have these really sweeping aerial shots now because mm-hmm. of drone technology. That's a good thing. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe a good filmmaker on this budget will be able to will use it at some point. Mm-hmm. And the drone uh, footage was a separate cameraman than most of the other footage. Uh, basically, the cast and the crew all kind of bounced back and forth according to the closing credits. It was ballpark, maybe a total of a dozen people that worked on this. Yeah, the Murphy family and the Gibb family. Yeah, and we do give credit to the Murphy family for the name of their daughter, yeah. who plays a baby in it, uh, yeah. Ellen Ripley Murphy. Ellen Ripley Murphy. Is the most endearing thing That's pretty they great. have done. That's pretty great. But so, Stan DeFeo drives out to Amityville to check out this house. He goes mm-hmm. into the house, and you hear all of the like the door opening and closing. And actually, no, excuse me. We drive to the house, and then we spend five minutes walking around the house. Mm-hmm. We see those famous Amityville windows, except that it's not even remotely those Amityville windows. It's no. just kind of. I don't know what you would call it, but... They're just, window, they're not they're just round. windows. They're not windows on the house round, that are... The thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and but don't it's a worry. little tower on yeah. top of the house. Yes, yes, yes. It's a little tower in the house. And don't worry, you'll be seeing the shot, the same shot of the tower windows at least thirty times before the end mm. of the film. Yeah, then he uh, he does stop and pause to check out a cage outside the house. Yeah, there's a cage that doesn't come up ever again for any reason whatsoever. Why would there? Why would you want to see what was going on with this cage outside of the grandma's house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not no. going to be making a lot of jokes about yeah, this movie. We're, we're, there's really yeah. nothing going on with this, and so he he finally goes into the house. We get uh, the first of two extreme close-ups on a glue trap. Uh, covered in maggots, which great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he says, "Whispering coming like, from the cellar, peas oh, and carrots, right, peas right. and carrots." Yep. We yeah. see a. Uh, it almost looks like a Greek Orthodox cross made out of uh, sticks because yeah. it's like it's like the the one, uh, up uh, up up and down stick, but then two perpend two sticks going perpendicular to it, kind yeah. of like the Greek Orthodox cross. Yeah, I feel like everybody knows that the Blair Witch Project was not a real documentary. Yeah. But the stick thing the stick is thing. the part that has stuck with everyone. That they just think that that is part of folklore now. Well, in their defense, it's not like the Blair Witch Project had anything else in it other than those goddamn sticks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you, you can give me a look that says, "Yeah, Tom, I'm friends with the people that made the Blair Witch Project." I'm still going to look at you and say, that movie was boring. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed all of them. That's right. I enjoyed all three of them. And the TV specials. The TV special was scary. That, Actually, the TV special legitimately unnerved me. That, yeah, like, that got me very excited for the movie and conversely made me so disappointed in the actual movie. I can, yeah. yeah. Uh, so... Stan finds a diary uh, from also, his grandmother. We're still, we're still naming people Stanley. Yeah, it's it's not a great name because it's just like Stan. Nobody ever, nobody wants to be called Stanley, and Stan just sounds not great. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, um, and then uh, he wanders around in the living room for a minute, and then finds grandmother's diary. And thus we get the uh, the majority of the film. Grandma, <laughs> in 1965, with her very 1965 hairdo. It's this weird, it's, nobody in 1965 had this haircut. I've never seen this hairdo before. No, um, before or since. It, it's kind of like everything is rolled up top, uh, on the top of her head, almost like a uh, attempted beehive that wasn't blown out. Yeah. But it's all just kind of this tangled pile on top of her head. It's kind and of a she, I'm late for work beehive. Yeah. And then she's got like really long hair going down past her shoulders on mm-hmm. like the uh, sides and back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so it oddly it does it doesn't look bad. Yeah, yeah. But it just doesn't look like anything nineteen. Well, nothing in nineteen sixty five looks like nineteen sixty five except for the like late sixties card they had. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're um, absolutely right. But yeah, uh, sh- yeah. His grandmother Marie moves with her husband Jeremy uh, to Amityville for a job um, and a house and a house. Not this house. Not the not the house that like Stan is reading the diary in, no. but a completely different one level rancher. Yeah, that he got because he got this job as a lawyer in the town. Um, the law firm owned the house, I yeah. think. Or, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, also working at the law firm <laughs> is super creepy. Consulting. Bug-eyed, giant Mr. Sardonicus if he was in Jersey Boys. Yeah. Um, just, the dude's creepy looking. His name like, is uh, Asmodeus, and he is the only good part of this film. Yeah. Because he is, we're, we're talking Conrad Veidt, the la- the man who laughs, mm-hmm. face. Yeah. In every single scene. And, like, he either is, like, toning it. We, like, we later learned he was toning it down in the early scenes. Yeah. later he... We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the kind of, like, 
I, his entire role is basically to the face, to the face, man, to the face. Oh, that's so good. I would pay that money to do that face in a movie yeah. that I was making. Because, man, the, that face. If you go on to Tubi, uh, that, you'll see the face. That's just like the screenshot for the movie. It's just mm-hmm. this guy leering. That's pretty much most of what he does the entire movie. Yeah. Um, they meet him. Well, they don't meet meet him. No, they, he, he's in the law firm as just staring down. Yeah. Grandma. Then she's coming home from the grocery store and trips over a giant rock. This is after he has been stalking her down the sidewalk like 20 feet away as if he's Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. And, and yeah, she, there's yeah. a rock in the middle of nothing. That's about the size of a soccer ball. And would have easily moved with your foot. Yeah. Like, it just, it, I don't ugh. She trips over it and falls down and spills her grocery bag full of oranges. Or at the very least, clementines. Well. Yeah. They were small. Oranges of a... They looked very small. They yeah, were small oranges, but it was literally just all yeah. oranges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to be making dried fruit later. Yeah, not like a loaf of French bread you stick in with the oranges. I'm saying, no, there's no baguette in Amityville, Texas. Come on. It's ridiculous. Oranges and baguettes, that's what you fill grocery bags with in movies. Okay, really selfish uh, aside that makes me and uh, the men and my... Me and my brother and my dad terrible people. But uh, this is the very least of it. Uh, we are mildly annoyed that we can't use one of our favorite go-to quotes from In and Out. Remember the Kevin Klein movie mm-hmm. where it's yeah. just like, uh, on the day of his wedding, he's really getting uptight because you know he's not straight, and uh, he's complaining about how, how uh, his tuxedo looks, and it's like, and there's a sheen on my pants. Where are we? The Ukraine? Uh, and we can't use that anymore for yeah. obvious reasons. Listeners at home, figure out when we're recording this. Um, and uh, so, yeah, this is like, there's, it's just Clementines, there's no baguette. Where, where are they? The Ukraine? <laughs> and that, that joke, uh, it's not a joke we can use anymore, which is, you know. But we did. We'll see we our place. Yeah, it's going to be in poor taste. Yeah. So we're going to get added. Yeah, I mean, we don't get a lot of listener <laughs> feedback anyway, so yeah, if we get true. hate mail, at least we know people are paying attention. Oh, we don't distinguish between good attention and bad attention at the Amityville Horror yeah. Podcast. If we understood the difference between good and bad, we wouldn't be doing this. That is a crucial point. Yeah. But so, uh, this meat cute in the biggest italics and largest quotation marks mm-hmm. begins a whirlwind romance between Marie and, again, Asmodeus. Or as she calls him when we're getting... Because half the time the diary is being read, it's Stan's voice. Half yeah. the time it's Marie's voice. Yeah. When she's narrating, it's Asmodeus. Asmodeus. Yeah. Yeah. Which, that dude... Agree. All, you, know, you have to come to a consensus about how you're pronouncing this stupid name. Especially if it's your primary villain. Yes. So, they... Exactly. They fall in the, I guess, love? Evil? Something. They fall in evil. He gives her a locket. They dance in a gazebo. Yeah. Um, they have what could be described as sex. She is hopping up and down on him. And he is he is just grinning that grin. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves him. Well, she well, leaves Jeremy, excuse me. Well, that's only after she meets his friends. Oh, right, right, right. And this is so it's good. Like they're doing this, like, oh, they meet, they, you know, he gives her a locket, they dance, they're hanging out, they're doing whatever looks like a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then she says, and then I met his friends as they're walking across a pentagram surrounded by people in red robes. Yep, candles everywhere. And this and is just how we child. introduce the satanic cult, or yep. demonic cult, sorry. Demonic. Um, they ain't devil worshippers, boy. Yeah, like, the thing that we could have used exposition on or, like, character moments, they just completely breeze right past. Yes, they do. Um, why would they? So, she gets pregnant. Um, she says she was exposed to all sorts of new ideas and concepts. At which point, Patrick and I literally said... In like, unison. Butt stuff. 
We laughed for yeah. him. It, 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 it and was, yes, we understand you can't get pregnant that way, but... <laughs> what was also great is, like, when um, Asmodeus and Marie are driving away from Jeremy's house... There's a shout of Asmodeus looking at Jeremy, and he winks as he pulls out of the driveway. Yeah. He's just like, wow. Yeah. Like, I, on the one hand, what a dick. On the other hand, man, impressive the balls mm-hmm. on Asmodeus. Yeah, that is full on adding insult to injury. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. So, um, Mer- so, yeah, she has the baby, and she dances for the baby, and then has a realization that everything is evil and she needs to protect the baby at all costs and doesn't feel safe around him anymore based on something that happened that she doesn't describe in the diary because it's just, oh, yeah, suddenly I get he's evil. No, she didn't need to describe it. Or she maybe she did, but it was visually represented by Asmodeus somehow grinning even bigger at the baby with the thought that could only be read as, he gonna eat that baby. Yeah. I just don't see where her turn came from. On she it saw that that guy was going to eat her she baby. She saw what he looked like when they were having sex. I know, but it's just like, you know, she, like sex is one thing, and now it's just yeah, going to make the faces. Child. Yeah. We don't make sex faces at the law office. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, she <laughs> realizes she can't leave him. Except she does try to leave him, sort of, kind of. But anyway, she dumps the baby off at a church um, in the middle of July wearing full winter clothing um, at what I can only assume is roughly 36, 38 o'clock based on the church bells. Yeah, they. Uh, but what's great is like the baby's not even in a ba- a bassinet or a basket. It's just it's wrapped in a blanket and left on concrete in front of doors. That open out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> somebody's coming out that door too fast. That baby's getting flung. Yeah. But Stan puts the diary down and calls up the law firm and uh, is able to contact one of the... Uh, what, the grandson of one of the lawyers that Jeremy worked with, Marie's original yeah, husband. Yeah, but played by the exact same actor with the exact same not 1965... Uh, Micro ponytail, yeah. like slick back and the, goatee. The kind of uh, it's an eighties yuppie look. Yeah, yeah. In nineteen sixty-five, he he should have been shunned as the beatnik that he was. Yeah, but first we have five whole minutes of walking. Yep, walking around the neighborhood, walking past the bank that we swore he was going to go into because of how much time was spent on it. Yep. Um, walks past the barber shop for a couple shots. Um, walks in the woods. No, he walks. He walks. His house. The grandmother's house is in the woods. All right, so and walks. in the woods, he's followed by a monk for a moment, but then the monk disappears. Yep. for reasons. Yeah, doesn't um, matter. None of nothing. Nothing matters. Yeah, people in the neighborhood. Must have bumped My into nose him starts here. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just saying, like people around the town. Are giving him the eye and bumping into him and a little bit, yeah. My notes start petering out at this point as gotcha. the plot begins to peter out. But we get to the cafe where uh, Stan talks to the grandson of the original Thomas Davenport lawyer, and they go over literally all of the information that we just saw an extended flashback for. Mm, this is our first recap. Yeah, and. Uh, then, uh, at the end of their conversation, this uh, crazed old man in a very oddly chosen wig. Mm-hmm. It's like really long stringy hair, but it's like dark long stringy hair, so it kind of counteracts the oldness. Yeah. And uh, he he's trying to warn Stan to get out, mm-hmm. which was nice to hear the get out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He gets pulled out of the uh, the cafe, and uh, Thomas Davenport reveals that that's Jeremy, mm-hmm. Marie's original husband. Yeah. Uh, Stan's almost grandfather, sort of? Yeah. Uh, could have been grandfather. Yeah. But still related by something. Something. Law, no. maybe. Yeah. Or, or was. Yeah. Or, uh, who, whatever. Who cares? Whatever. 
Um, and the look of the guy, uh, if you've watched Twin Peaks, The Return, Jerry Horn. David Patrick yeah, Kelly. Yeah. Like when he's yeah. wandering the woods yeah. and like, a little bit, tripping out. A little bit. Yeah. It's because the, Jerry didn't have the hair. He didn't have the hair, but had the beard and had yeah. a lot of like this scruff. And he had and, like, like the, the neck cap and everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, poor Jerry Horn. I don't know where I am. <laughs> God damn it. Twin Peaks season three. It's wow. a blessing. Wow. But anyway, that would have been a better use of our afternoon. Yeah. Um, and so then somehow Jeremy hooks back up with uh, Stan. Yeah. Um, that just happened. people are wandering. There's a lot of walking. I think so it happened walking. in some of that, but... Yeah, Stan winds up at Jerry's place. Uh, Well, Jerry um, leads him out all the way out there because there's lots of uh, improvising and a lot of gestures. There's music over it, so we can't hear any of the dialogue. But um, It's more walking. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, but Jeremy's gesticulating wildly. He does everything wildly. This is true. Um, And, uh, yeah, this is on the woods on the other side of the town. Uh, like diametrically opposed to uh, where Marie's house is mm. and Jeremy explains that uh, there's two tribes in the town it's like the, the God fearing side and the other side the cult the mm. titular cult that follows the great one which as a turn or no we find out later that Osmodius is the great one but he's the evil the silver tongued devil Osmodius yeah. Jesus. And then we get the full-on recap of everything that we already knew yeah, Jer- from Jerry's point of view. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Right, right, right. Um, he was hired. He wanted to provide for his wife and child because uh, they did have a child together yeah. before Asmodeus came along. And it's not. And that child's... Ch- that child's child will not turn out to be Crystal even though that would have been a better twist Mm-hmm. That would have been interesting at all. Yeah, that would have um, tied into the uh, recurring incest themes of the Amityville series. Yeah, but to knock it out now so we don't forget, because again, time loose yeah. and stuff. Yeah. The kid at the beginning who's killed was the other. Yeah, we'll get yeah. there. We, we're gonna yeah. get there. We, we're gonna clock at Jerry, Jeremy's place is set to 3.15, which may or may not be an Easter egg. Well, it's an Easter egg. Yeah. But it's it it reflects nothing to the actual plot of this. No. Um, and also, Jeremy's kind of a shit husband. Yeah. He's just not there. Like, you can see how bored uh, Marie is the entire time. And it's not mm-hmm. wrong. It's like, look, yes, go to work, do mm-hmm. the job, but, you know, you gotta do other stuff, too. Yeah, but, to I mean, he was spending, you know, he was working 16-hour work 16 days. 16-hour days. As a lawyer in 1965 in a small town, which I can only assume means he's not very good at his job. Or he's having an affair. Both are good reasons <laughs> to leave. Yeah. And oh boy, the Foley effects on the crying child in these flashbacks. So much. So loud. Just awful. So hurtful. But so, so eventually Stan says, ah, this is all hooey, and leaves. Well... Oh, to, to cover the rest of Jeremy's story, Jeremy explains that he catches Marie and Asmodeus together, mm-hmm. flirting, hooking up, uh, smooching. As soon as he spots them together, he gets fired from his job, which means he loses the house because he, he didn't know that it was the law firm's. Mm. All of this contradicting him standing on the front lawn as she leaves with Asmodeus leaving him so I don't know how they split yeah. up yeah it doesn't matter none of it makes any sense uh, I, I, I'm more inclined to believe Marie's version of events yeah it doesn't paint him in a good light so nah, yeah and he's a schmuck <laughs> he really is um so Stan oh yeah and then he like he, he like after he loses the house he keeps uh hanging around Amityville he uh he had moved back in with his parents, abandoned the kid there. Right. And now is just like living as a derelict in the woods. Like, yeah. You see Instead the transformation. Of getting another job. Yeah. Uh, finding somebody new. Getting out of this town that he's convinced is evil. Like, if you're not going to try for your kid, if you're not going to try for your ex, move. 
Yeah, I mean... You gave up. Well, I... And you're also still a lawyer. Like, you could probably find some work, again, in the 60s as a white dude. Trust me. As a failed lawyer, you can always find something. Mm Mm-hmm. The, uh... So, yeah, it it doesn't make any sense, Jeremy. Like, again, like, not not of the movie. The movie doesn't make any sense. It's just, this is a half... Half thought out movie mm-hmm. for eighty five minutes. Yeah, I mean, there's always a big future in computer repair. Uh, there's always money in the banana stands. Yep. So then we, so then Stan <laughs> starts walking back to Marie's house and is overcome by the voices and passes out. And at which point we get the full Rocky Four uh, recap of the entire movie again. This is recap. Three? Four. Uh, I think two. Because you had Jeremy's re... Or, yeah, no, it's three. It's three, because we had the the, 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 diner, the cafe one, mm-hmm. Jeremy's other version, but really just a recap, and then mm. this, this one. So this would be three. Okay. Jesus. Um, he wakes up shocked that he has scratches and bruises from passing out in the woods. No, that was Jeremy. That was Jeremy. Yeah, Jer- Jeremy said, like, he, he would fall asleep in the woods... And then wake up, and he was weird. He was confused by why he was scratched and atta- and bruised. Moron. Because there's animals outside in the woods. Yeah, oh it's the woods. There are sticks. There are animals. There's falling to the ground and getting a boo boo. Um, woods come alive for them. It everything starts chittering and talking at them. Um, and then Stan, and goes, Stan goes back to Marie's house. Then there's a knock on the door. It's the cult. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. Uh, yeah. I, I thought yeah. you were checking to make sure that there was nothing else we were missing. Before I mean, that, that also, but yeah. also <laughs> dramatic pause and dramatic. shock upon shock. It's the cult. It's cult. <coughs> I'll just kind of standing out there and... Do you want to guess who's in the cult? Crystal's in the cult. What? I, she was more like, why? Yeah. They needed a reason to bring her back into the plot that wasn't he called and asked her to show back up. Which he did. He did do that, so you could have. But no, this is a twist? So it turns out that she was tasked with uh, tracking down the uh, the long-lost grandchildren of Marie because they need the uh, the uh, somebody with the blood of Asmodeus to receive his essence mm-hmm. and become Asmodeus reborn. And so you see, so Crystal relates how she tracked down the nuns where the uh, the baby was left, uh, Stan's mother, or Stan's father. And uh, you, it's heavily implied that she killed all the nuns with a, uh, you know, uh, an ice pick. Mm-hmm. And we bring this up because, as it turns out, like two minutes later, it's revealed that Marie herself is still alive. Yeah, and, and part of the cult as well. Yeah, and so it's like, why was why did Crystal have to date Stan? Yeah, like you could have just found him, reported back. Um, you could he still could have gotten a letter saying, "Hey, come get this free house." Because that's what that's what gets him to go there. It's nothing she does yeah. gets him to go to Amityville. It's this email. Yeah. I don't understand this at all. It's it's a very poorly thought out plan. But so they all want to use Stan in some sort of ritual to uh, help Asmodeus be reborn. Asmodeus has apparently disappeared and or died. But Yeah, like, we don't know what happened to him that he needs to be reborn. Yeah, he falls out of the flashbacks. Like after Marie's flashback, we don't see what happened to him. Yeah. So anyway, that's the big... Yeah, and also the bigger twist that Marie, the grandmother, is still alive. And in the cult, trying to help make her grandson a part of this resurrection of Asmodeus, even though she very specifically wanted to get her progeny away from this entire situation. Yeah. And... And then Jeremy shows up. Yeah. And again, the other child, Jeremy... Oh, yeah, yeah, the other child. The the other other child. child... was left with Jeremy or not? Yeah. Or left with Marie or not? It was... No, it was left with Jeremy, and Jeremy says in his his version of events that he took 
himself and the kid to Jeremy's parents. And, okay. Got yeah. It. Okay. And All then right. whatever. And then we then we find out that that kid grows up to be the the man that was murdered at the beginning of the film. Right. Right. So right. That 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 was what happened to the other grandson. Because uh, as it turns out, his blood wasn't wouldn't work because he wasn't. He's no. He has no Asmodi in him. Right. And you're watching as Stan is slowly piecing together the thing that was pretty much obvious the first time they said Marie had sex with Asmodeus. Yeah. Oh, you're the grandson of this demon. Stan? Like, we puts, knew this, and Stan is real slow on the uptake. Yeah, Stan, I was about to say, Stan puts everything together slowly. He is... Yeah. Like, his walking is about his most efficient thing. If, as uh, Jed Clampett once said of Jethro, if brains was lard, Stan wouldn't grease too big a pan. This is evidenced by um, Stan trying to escape from the cult, running around the house trying every doorknob he can find. None of the doors work. Um, The one thing he doesn't try on a single one of those doors is turning the knob. Uh, He just grabs the knob and shakes it violently and then gives up and runs away. How, wait, how do doorknobs work? Uh, It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah. And that's going to... That's going to be important later. <laughs> uh, we get the quick, cheap mirror gag. Um, you know the one. Somebody goes to the bathroom, turns on the faucet, runs the water over their hands, sp- leans forward to splash water over their face, and then they look up and something's scary. But so that it doesn't scare you too much because this movie doesn't really want to shock you. No. Um, hence it's and patience. we don't have the budget for anything shocking. Yeah, uh, you make sh- they make sure to show you a bunch of blood running off of his hands before he pops up for the shocking reveal that his face also has some fake blood on it, or it doesn't. Yeah, it disappears. Yeah, because um, the house is messing with him now. Jeremy had said that the house itself was evil, and that's why Asmodeus wanted it. Or actually, you know that does but that, that makes it even make less even that makes it make even less sense because why did Marie escape from Asmodeus there? Yeah, and like with the mirror gag, with the cult, with the Marie reveal. Are all we, wait, did we miss? Did we not pick up? Was Marie's diary just completely bullshit? No, I think it was real because the uh, other like, lawyer wanted a copy of it maybe. for. But like, like reasons? May, may, maybe the maybe the story maybe the story is that uh, Marie made up this fake version of events and has been totally one hundred percent part of the cult. No, because Stan ends <coughs> up with the nuns. Or right. Stan's Stan's father ends up with the nuns. Mother. No. Father. Father. Okay. The, the second kid was a boy. Oh, Jeremy Jesus says Christ. that uh, there, his kid with Marie, the first kid was a daughter, and then uh, the the child that but the Asmodeus, first kid. Could, okay, the, I guess yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I hate this movie too. Don't worry. Yeah, You're, yeah, I, I and, feel you. Yeah, but like so with the twists, with it, like the yeah. mirrors gag and all that, I just realized uh, one of the first episodes of It's Gary Shandling's show. The, uh, as in this is the theme to Gary's exactly. show. Exactly. Um, the opening theme to Gary's show. Gary comes out with the cast and they say that it's his mother's birthday and they're going to throw a surprise party for her. Mm-hmm. So they have everybody in the studio audience hide behind their chairs and then the mother walks in and everybody jumps up and yells surprise and she collapses and the opening credits are the ambulance driving to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Which is already, yeah. But like, so when she gets out of the hospital towards the end of the episode, they throw another surprise party and let make sure she knows when she comes in, there's going to be a surprise. And so like mm-hmm. she walks in and he just gestures everyone, okay, now. And everybody slowly rises up from behind their seats and whispers surprise. Yeah. That's how the scares work in this movie. Yeah. All right, so All right. We'll, we'll go with the movie has no internal logic. Yeah. Um, um, the so the house is evil. The house is 
bar. The house is simultaneously not letting Stan out, but is also not letting any of the occult members in. Right. Because none of them come in. But none of them have even banged on the door. I don't break know the, the house. I don't think he knows how doors work. Yeah, but I mean, none of, we don't see any evidence of the cult members trying to get no. in to get him. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, they um, know he's got to come out soon. Oh, I, I see what you mean. Like, we don't know that the house is pre- preventing him from leaving. Got what? It, I think he's just it. not able to open a door. Yeah, yeah. He's a big dum-dum. Yeah. Um, then we have a hallucination of Marie in the attic uh, doing all sorts of uh, rituals and then very awkwardly slashing her own throat with the flat side of a knife. A real knife. Not the dull part of the knife the the opposite side of the knife the flat part yeah. of the knife literally like yeah um the least sharp part of and then her eyes start glowing yellow mm-hmm. stan runs away and is faced with a apparition of Asmodius, who now has gone full juggalo he has uh these weirdo horns going coming out of the back of his head mm-hmm. and his face is all insane yeah. clown posse makeup. Yeah, more kind of like a gazelle like a gazelle's horns than like goat horns or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Um but yeah, um he's this ICP demon. Yep. It's um, a miracle. <laughs> yeah. And and so the great Malenko um <laughs> attacks then? We don't know. He passes out. And then we get a long black screen. Yep, there's a lot of... This movie cuts to black more than any other movie. Yeah, it's seen. one of the few things that interrupts all the walking. Yeah. And then uh, we, we the, the picture comes back and Stan is face down, lying on the ground with blood in a pool of blood. And then his eyes open, up, eyes open and he's got yellow eyes. Oh! And then the end. And that's the that's the that's literally the end of the movie, and we get a very you know, I don't know how you describe the music at the end, just kind of like uh, emo, yeah. emo rock, yeah, done by Asmodeus. Yep, Eric Oberto, who I don't believe actually spoke in the movie. Yes, he does speak. He he does, he, he does talk a couple of times in the uh, the Marie flashback. Okay, I, I wow, I, I, I'm has, already forgetting this movie. He has kind of a faux British accent, right? Oh, and maybe that's where Marie um, Marie picks it up from because yeah. as she gets old, air quote, um, she now has a British accent. Yeah, and I thought that was gonna, that meant like it was going to be like Asmodeus is possessing her body or something mm-hmm. like a temporary thing before she he can get into stand. Doesn't matter. None of it matters. It's I don't know why we're thinking about it. This movie sucked. This movie yeah. sucked out loud. It was so goddamn boring. Mm-hmm. I hate everything about it. Guy gets an email, goes out to a potential inheritance, um, despite warnings, doesn't leave town immediately. And then just is very easily overtaken. There's not a lot of conflicts. There's not a lot. There's not a lot. There's not a lot. There's not a lot. There's... There's... Yeah. Resale value is nil. Nope, 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 nope. Nothing. There's nothing worthwhile about this movie. If this movie was left to me by a relative, um, I I too would get out. Yeah. It was like a new, new phone. Who dis? Yeah. And then I would throw the phone in a river. <laughs> but man, uh, maybe maybe next week. Maybe next week. I think mm-hmm. uh, next week is... Uh, oh, oh, we're finally here. Next week is Amityville Scarecrow. I don't remember what we were looking forward to on that one. I mean, I, 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 kept, I was amused because I kept seeing the box. I kept seeing it at Walmart. Oh, and okay. so I was like, "Oh, Amityville Scarecrow," and like, like that could I had sent you, discs. I had sent you the picture of it from the Walmart, right. and you and you immediately responded with, "Oh, that one. They're already working on the second one." At which point, and Patrick will attest to it. He still doesn't know how I did it. I punched him in the face through my cell phone. It was weird, but I've deserved, learned to accept a lot of things. Very deserved doing this to us. Did this to us? <laughs> I'd say we could have stopped at any time, but yeah. yeah. Once you get this far into a serious drug collection, the tendency is to push it as far as you can. 
Kind of, sort of, yeah. <laughs> Look, people watched all eight seasons of Dexter. <sighs> did I now. watch the new? Yeah, did anybody watch the new one? I heard moderately decent things about it, but I also don't trust that because no. people watched all eight seasons of the old version. Yeah. Once Dokes died, there was no point to that show. The Lithgow season was the best. Okay. I I appreciate that happened after Dokes died, but, yeah. you know. Once, the, like, Dokes was the only guy that was ever a threat to Dexter. Again, I gotta go with Lithgow, but also... Well, I mean, Dokes wasn't gonna kill Julie Benson. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers for a show that's been off the air for a while anyway, shut up. And also... Again, probably better off yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. Anywho, that's yeah. been another... I think we're going to get movie. out this time. You guys can stay and watch yeah. friggin' Amityville Cult again. We're going to get out. Bye! If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com.